Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the Dial-Up Movie Club. I'm your host, Matthew, and with me, as always this week, we got Drew. Drew, how you doing this week? Ah, I could be doing better, man. I, uh, yep, I have COVID, so that kind of sucks. That actually really sucks. I just ate a burger and couldn't taste any of it, but I'm sure it was a really good burger. I just couldn't taste it, so that was very sad. Um, so yeah, I spent this whole week, uh, just chilling at home, uh, Sydney and I, we finished the boys, which, uh, that's, that was a wild season. Let me tell you, I, I loved it, loved every second of it. And I'm really hoping they're able to get a third out sooner than later because, um, just every time that show is over, every time I come to the end of a season, I'm just, I'm wanting more, I'm Mm. wanting more. I want to see more of that universe. Um, and then uh, Sydney and I are trying to go through and watch uh, all the Marvel movies in order of their release date. So we just watched the first Iron Man movie. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, glad to have watched that because uh, I haven't in quite a while. But um, yeah, other than that, not sure I did too much. Um, I'm going to try and keep my energy up. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see where we go. Nice. Get well, well soon, Drew. Yeah, Enjoy your burger. Well. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. And uh if you do fall asleep halfway through, we won't be too mad. Drive There's... over and uh you know, just yell at me from uh, six gonna, feet away. I was gonna say I'm gonna stay a safe distance from you, buddy, but I appreciate yeah. it. You only well, need to stay six feet away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Speaking of people that others tend to stay six feet away from. Oh. We got Dean. Dean, hey. how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I watched the movie Prey with my boys, and every time I've told this story today, I have taken about an hour, I'll say an hour, to explain it. So I'm going to cut the, I'm going to hedge the, I'm going to trim the hedges. And, um, watching Prey, um, we just had a couple moments where we're like, is this right? We didn't know. So I decided after watching it to look into um, information about basically the time period and the tribe the movie's based on, which I looked it up and looking it up tells me that it's the Comanche tribe. And so that was like a huge thing to me because I didn't recall seeing horses in the movie used by the tribe, which is one reason I went looking for facts because the Comanches... Horses was, like, one of the biggest portions of their culture. Like, obviously, it's not what they originated with. Um, The Spanish brought horses over to the Americas. But, I don't know. At the time when I thought there wasn't horses in the movie, I looked it up. I'm like, sure enough, the Comanches had tons of horses. Maybe not for this time the movie took place, but they at least had some horses at that time because they acquired them in 1680. Um, So 1719, they weren't abundant yet, but they had them and they used them. But that being the case, instead of having horses during this time period, they would rather have large dogs. And what I read was they were used to carry um, bison hide. Well, it was bison hide campaign tents. And 
there was a dog in the movie, but I only saw the one, which either way, that kind of doesn't make sense. But Matt told, you know, maybe there's just dogs off screen. I would hope. Um, Technically, the movie's very historically accurate. Um, I later, after about four hours of research in the tribe, I ran across the article that explained that they worked directly with members of the tribe. And they brought up, after reading the script, they brought up, there are no horses in the script. Like, what are you doing, man? And so they made one scene where they're riding the horses. And they put it in, so technically, technically, it's not inaccurate. Technically. Um, Also, though, they ran into the French, which had my friend Caleb and I wondering, like, was it the French? I feel like it should be the Spanish. I looked into it. I feel like, you know, it's possible they could have ran in the Frenchman. But the thing is, according to what's written down in history, the French didn't run into the Comanche tribe until 1739, when the movie takes place in 1719. I still think, yeah, it, being there in the country, it's possible she could have just ran into him. So I guess technically that's not wrong either. It probably would have been better, though, to have the outsiders be the Spanish. I'm going to cut off right here, because I... I learned so much. I can't think of anything other than the Comanche tribe today. And I got to think about Music Man. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. I got notes. Wow, that was, I mean, it's about my third time hearing it today. And my eyes still can't stay open. So that that was great, Dean. It's probably your fourth or fifth time hearing it. Probably. Probably. Nice. Well, um, I'm glad you loved Prey. I'm so. I did like it. Yeah, I did like it. Yeah, it was a good movie. I I really love the Predators design. They did a great job with that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I had a good week as well. Watched Prey. Um. That's about all I can think of, honestly. (laughs) I watched Prey, and I don't think anything else. Um, Bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. I'm trying to try and think. I just I'm blanking. I feel even like I I'm, didn't... I'm even trying to think about what you did. Since uh I'm not I don't got anything to say. Let's just introduce our guest for this week and uh boys, we got Doozy coming in for musical month. It's the amazing host of Geek to Me Radio. We have Mr. James Enstall here. James, how you doing this week? Really good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks for welcome. coming on. It's good to have always, you. Always a pleasure, sir. Um, so question, tell the get or yeah, tell the people about your show. Yeah, so we it's uh we stream on live radio. So here in St. Louis, you can tune in on the big five fifty KTRS five fifty AM every Sunday night. Uh if you're listening streaming it, you can stream it online, KTRS.com slash stream, so you can hear it from anywhere. Uh we air at ten o'clock eastern 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific and we also have just recently added in video so some of the guests who agree to be on the air sometimes will do the video stream with us as well so you can also catch us on facebook twitch instagram and youtube live and then once it airs my executive producer who's a brilliant man named doey v takes out all the commercials puts it up online in the podcast form and it gets over all the uh, platforms wherever you get your podcast from as well Nice. nice 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 you love it i i love your show i've listened to it quite a bit um i've been on your show for a split second i called in <laughs> but uh it was a fun time 
And I listened to your recent episode where you had a previous guest of ours, Delvin Cox, on. And that was a great time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you guys are doing great stuff. I love all the giveaways you do. And because free stuff, of course I do. And yeah, <laughs> you're on you're on podcast platforming as well. So people should definitely go check out your show and all that. And I, I have one more question for you, sir. Uh, you are... Uh, I mean, geek to me radio, you're a geek extraordinaire. Yeah. I see you at all these cons. You're doing great stuff. And, uh, DC, I don't think it's uh, much of a secret. It's kind of in shambles right now. And so I just want to pose a hypothetical on you. You're in charge of DC starting today. Their movies, everything. What are you doing? What's the first step? I, they need a hard reset. In my opinion, uh, they need to go back to basics. Uh, they, they quit. Try it, it's such a hot mess. There's so many different ways you could start with that because they they now want to try to copy Marvel and do a thing, but they didn't want to back then because they didn't want to look like they were copying. If they need to get back Henry Cavill, uh, they've already got. I think Ben Affleck. Honestly, I liked him as Batman. Uh, they could also do Elseworlds and have Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck both as Batman. So you get the Snyder Cut people, make them happy. You get the people who don't like the Snyder Cut, make them happy. But they what they need to do is focus on the source material. There's a lot of great stories out there. Uh, Their animation department gets it right 99% of the time. So whoever's in charge of their animation department, I'd move them in charge of live action and just start from scratch. Get your Trinity in place. Start with the Trinity. Branch out from there and uh, get some people who we haven't seen on the big screen yet. I'd love a Mr. Terrific film. Uh, I can't wait to see Aldous Hodge as Hawkman in Black Adam. I think they've they've got some really good bones to work with. They just need to get a cohesive plan. Don't worry about copying someone and lean into the you know eighty years of history that they've got. Yeah, yeah that's I, a that's a good point. I never really thought about. Uh, it does seem like the live ag- or um, the animated films are way better than the live action films nowadays. And yeah, it seems like if they just had a little bit more communication between those departments, uh, maybe they could come up with something a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I, I know agree. animation's easy to do. You got the voice actors come in and do their thing, and they're always great. Uh, but it just—I'm not sure why that doesn't translate to their live action stuff. That just yeah. it would seem I, with Arrow right out of the gate, and then Flash. But it kind of that's tended to gone downhill as well. Their TV stuff, so they just need a hard reset. Uh, look at what they've got, and they, I think don't be afraid of merging their television and movie universes because they could play off each other really well. Yeah, true. Yeah, I agree. Nice, thank you. Uh Dean Drew, you got any question for James? He's on the spot for you. Um I I'll have yeah. So uh I'm assuming a lot of superhero stuff is what you cover. Um is there is there anything else in particular about like geek culture that you talk about or that you enjoy talking about? Just about anything. I try very hard to have a wide variety of guests. Like, we talked to uh, the composer who did the score for Moon Knight. So it doesn't oh. have to be superhero necessarily, but the composers, because a lot of times, I, I, I probably, one out of every seven or eight shows, I'll have a composer on talking about a video game score, or a, an Amazon Original Prime score that they did, or a movie score, TV score. And it's always fascinating to talk to them, because I, what I always say is, if you hit mute on anything you're watching... It takes so much of the emotion, so much of the character right out of the product. That music, I think a lot of people hear, but they don't really appreciate. So I love having composers on. Uh, we talk to voice actors, uh, directors. Next month is September. 
obviously, you guys probably know, it's the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. So I've got mm. a ton of guests lined up to talk about that series for the entire month of September. I'm going to have uh, the voice of Renee Montoya uh, oh. on with me live, director Dan Reba. I've already done an interview with Kevin Conroy. It's pre-recorded, so that's going to air. Ooh, nice. We have Andrea Romano on. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's Incredible. super cool. Super, super cool. Um, and a uh, quick follow-up. Uh, you mentioned video game composers. Uh, you, you got a favorite game or two? Hey, club members, it's Matthew. Now, as many of you know, I'm getting married next year, and I want to fit into a tux and most of all look good in it for those photos. So I've been having to prioritize my own health a lot more, eating healthier, getting rid of sodas, and walking more. And one of the biggest helps for me has been Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and the Hydration Multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. I love how it makes me feel after a workout. This stuff refreshes you. I love all the flavors, but let me tell you two of my favorites. One, the new strawberry lemonade flavor. Fantastic. And if you're feeling a little more classic, I go with the pina colada. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There are 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, which contain five essential vitamins. B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code DIALUP at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DIALUP at liquidiv.com. Uh, I have not had time to play as much as I would like right now. And normally if I have time, it's just I want to shut off my brain. So I've been playing on the PC a lot of Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne because it's, it's just something I can zone out and play. Um, I always go back to Injustice and Injustice 2 because I like the, uh, the beat-em-up games. Yeah, very nice. So that's usually I, what I, I lead into. Also, I, I haven't played yeah. anything new. Yeah, every few months I have an injustice phase where I just go back and get way too deep into it. <laughs> That's a fun game. It's a fun yeah. game. Great stuff. Yeah, nice. Again, well done. It'd be great to see that as a live action movie if they decide to do something like that too. Oh, I'd be I'd be so down. Hopefully that's better than the animated version we got. Wasn't wasn't too much a fan of the animated movie, but yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean, you got anything? Yes. Uh I believe James has some uh, information 
that oh. dial up needs to acquire. Um, oh, how do you get sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Give us money. <laughs> Great question. Nothing wrong with that. Honestly, the, the main way I get them is having the radio station behind me helps. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. A, I'm lot, sure. Of the, a lot of the people, I, most of my sponsors actually are local. Um, and normally it's just, hey, we've got, or I'll have a sales guy from the radio station will contact me and say, hey, have you checked this place out? And I'll say, yeah, I did. Here's a contact information. So their sales team kind of goes after them for me. So it's kind of nice in that respect as well. Other times I just, if I'm a mutual with someone on Twitter and they have a business, I'll just reach out and say, hey, would you have any, any interest in partnering, sponsoring, doing anything and just kind of hammer out the details from there. So it's just, I, I'm, I, I'm not a salesy person. I hate. Of course, anyone, no one likes selling themselves. I don't want to say it like that, but um, I don't like approaching people and saying, hey, give me money. So it's uncomfortable for me. So when I do it, it's kind of a, a yay. And luckily, I've got the sales team at KTRS behind me on that. So. Well, that's good. Yeah, it does make more sense that uh, radio would probably get you more coverage. I mean, that's going to pretty much anybody who has a radio nearby. We're going to radio, <laughs> fellas. That's the next step for dial-up. Next step. Right? I'd do radio. That sounds fun. <laughs> it's so much fun having that live radio thing when you gotta you know you don't know if the guy's gonna connect at the end if he says something you gotta have your hand on the dump button in case they say one of the words you're not supposed to say according to fcc rules and having the commercial breaks is kind of neat running that yeah we don't worry about the fcc here the fcc (laughs) won't let me be hell no (laughs) nice well uh james you brought us a movie this week rounding out our musical month you brought us 1962's the music man um very uh very excited to talk about this one but i say we jump right into our imdb game which is a game where users can go on the website imdb and rate a movie on scale one to ten Drew, Dean, and James will then guess the number with a decimal point included, and whoever is closest will get to give their initial and final thoughts first. So, Drew, you won last week, so you get to go first, buddy. Woo! Alright, um... You know, I'm assuming people back in the day, this was probably pretty revolutionary for them, this film. Um, I'm sure this definitely, uh, made quite its impact so i think there probably are a lot of people out there that really like this film i'm gonna say it's probably somewhere in like a i'm gonna give it a 7.2 all right all right uh dean your uh guess i i know it's a popular movie i mean the local theater down the road just recently did a showing of that like live with actors and i watched it and i enjoyed watching it um but the fact that it's lived up to today with them still doing live performances people must like it um i have also heard though like from when i mainly when i went and saw the show it was like half and half with the people half the people liked it half the people like did not like it and i don't know maybe it had some things to do with some tweaks the theater did but um who knows but i think i'm gonna be a little safe just to account for the people who i heard ream on it too i'm gonna give it a 5.9 wow all right all right uh james you got a guess 
I'm going to be slightly optimistic about this because I think now that this has currently been brought back to Broadway with Hugh Jackman himself playing Harold oh. Hill, um, I think that a lot more people are now aware of this, and a lot of people may have been curious and gone back and seen the movie, and maybe they had fond memories of seeing Hugh Jackman, and they reacted well to the movie. Um, there's nothing that I can recall that is problematic about this movie where people be like, well, I don't like this movie because this, and it's, it's horrible now, and it hasn't aged well. I think it's actually held up fairly well for a period piece. So I'm going to be generous. I'm going to say it probably comes in around a 7.9. All right. All right. Well, I will say this. Uh, one of you was closest, and one of you was only 0.1 away. Oh, and that one was our guest, James Enstall, guessing a 7.9. Yeah. It is a 7.8. Wow. Nice, nice. So, uh, James, Very you get cool. to give your initial thoughts first. This is uh, where you first seen this movie and kind of just, like I said, your, your kind of basic initial thoughts. Yeah, this was, uh, I, I first saw this movie when I was a little kid. Um, I, I got really sick. I had the, I think I had the flu or maybe even mono. I can't remember, but my mom would go up to the local blockbuster and she'd rent movies for me because I would just not move off the couch and she'd pop them in the VCR because I'm not old and she would get music man. She'd get a couple of standards that I always watch and music man. We probably must've rented that movie like a dozen times in the span of two years. Uh, I, I loved it. I love the music of it. I like the acting in it. Uh, that early 1900s era type of feel to it. Um, and then later on, when I was in high school, I started playing the upright bass. Uh, they drafted me into the pit orchestra, so I actually had to do the music for this one when they performed it in my high school. Um, I auditioned for the part of Harold Hill. It's one of the parts I've always wanted to play, and I didn't get cast, and part of it, come to find out, was because my orchestra director said no no if he doesn't get the main role he, he doesn't want to do it at all they were going to offer me one of the quartet that goes around singing instead oh, but he got great. me out of that i know so i got uh, pulled <laughs> into the i drafted into the pit again but it was great i got to see the whole thing and then it's one of those uh, that just kind of stayed with me ever since awesome nice yeah, he um, had, you and him had like a similar experience with you and the iron giant you were sick as a dog watching the iron <laughs> yeah. giant yeah, <laughs> and I always remember almost dying watching the Iron Giant. So I'm glad that's a similar experience there. Uh, Drew, your uh, initial thoughts on the Music Man? Um, another similar experience. Uh, I watched this first when I had COVID just yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look at <laughs> us, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't heard about this movie before. Um, and like when it was starting off, I was kind of really getting into it. Like I like the colorful imagery. I like the, um, really well done choreography and stuff, but, um, came to find out that, uh, and I already knew this about myself as far as musicals go. I'm not really musical inclined, um, but yeah, I found out that this movie just isn't for me. So I'm not a huge fan personally, but I can see why um, people back then especially really liked it. And uh, yeah, I mean, with it being modernized now into Broadway plays and stuff, like I get why people do like it. It's just, it's not my favorite. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, right do you... to it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're in the 
I um so yeah, I like a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, but I want to say like two, three weeks ago, they did the show at the public theater down the street. And I enjoyed it. They did some spins to it that were different than um in the movie. But honestly, it like it worked. Um I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. And so I wasn't like not eager to see it in film. I I was pretty excited honestly to see like the difference between this public theater live performance and the film. Um I mean since since Drew said what he thought so far, I'm going to I'm going to touch on saying I do think I liked the live performance better. I think it's a well-made film though. Like the music man Harold Hill in real life would not be able to make this film if he didn't know like about music. So you have to have some talent to put what's in this film. And there's a lot of songs that like they feel they feel complex. Like I don't know, I feel like if I read the words to some of these songs on paper I'd be like how are you going to sing this? But they do it and it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that that was the thought I had too. Of like, it's such a bold choice to make so many songs that don't rhyme at all. <laughs> I, it kind of works though. I think <laughs> they make I mean, it work though. They make there's it some work. songs I there's some songs I don't like as much, but there are songs in this film that I, I had fun listening to. Yeah, like I think there are uh, when it does get to be like that really fast pace, and they're just like really just shooting them words out. Like I don't know, it's it's kind of cool in a way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, for my initial thoughts, I had seen a clip of this, uh, the the scene where they're uh, singing about the pool table. I seen that clip in uh, my film school for my brief stint there, and I remember that. And I don't remember why we talked about it. Maybe I feel like it was a writing course, so maybe it's something to do with the writing of the main character. But uh, it doesn't matter because that place was a scam. And um, <laughs> so I, I had uh... heard of this movie before. I watched it all through, finally, and uh, it, it, it's it's good technically. But do I like it all that much? Not particularly. I, I really <laughs> liked um, maybe the first 45 minutes, and then it kept going. And uh, that, uh, that, was, that was too much for me. And, and it kept going quite a bit. Two and a half hour movies. I mean, listeners, you know I like my tight 90s. Um, but I, I will admit, I watched this in two parts, and I feel like that saved it a bit. I watched it more <laughs> like a TV show than a movie, because I I think if I had watched this sitting down in the two and a half hour uh, just time allotment that it was, I would have been coming in here with a bit more Sweeney Todd energy, like last week, but <laughs> I'm coming in with a bit more Dewey Cox energy. I'm a bit more middling <laughs> on it. I, I like it, don't love it though. So yeah, that's the music. <laughs> I, it's not the first I mean, we all know who's listened to the show. It's not the first time you've done that where you spit it in split it in pieces mm-hmm. to watch it. But I still stand by I I I get your stance, but I feel like it does kind of sever the immersion. I I, I always like to watch I, beginning I to end. 
I don't disagree with that. I uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of see what you're saying, Dean. But I sometimes like if it helps me enjoy a movie more, why not? Like I don't want to go guess. in and dislike it. I guess in this case, do what you gotta. <laughs> I mean, like I've used the Django Unchained uh, example before. Like that's a three and a half hour movie. I've never sat down and watched it the whole way through, like, like in one sitting, because I think I'd go insane. But I, I like watched it movie, in three though. parts, and it's my it's in my top five favorite movies. Oh, I love sense. that movie. I would never sit down and watch it all at once. I I would go <laughs> mad. <laughs> it drive me crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah. Your uh, feelings on Music Man are exactly how I feel about Oklahoma. Oklahoma, <laughs> <laughs> just the state in once general. that green ballet, I just want to take a six shooter to my temple because it's it's horrible from that point on. That is true. <laughs> Well, speaking of Oklahoma, the people of Iowa, <laughs> just the first Iowa. song, Iowa, sorry, the like second song I think it is, is the one with all the citizens singing about how much uh, people in Iowa hate you in particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like much. that song, but... <laughs> I, I don't like I understand wanna... why do they call themselves IOA sometimes. That that bugged me. I'm just like, that's not right. I just think Iowa way. It's yeah, I mean, word. I get that, but... <sighs> it's, it's As just... someone from St. Louis, we've got people who can't even pronounce our state correctly. We have people within the state. Some say Missouri like you're supposed to. Some say Missouri, and I want to throttle those people. <laughs> Missouri. Oh, Mi- misery. Living misery. <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know anyone like i'm trying to think like do people from iowa like this movie <laughs> because i feel like it paints them in a bad light but then i i thought I think about it paints them in a bad light i think it makes them look like tough people like they get what they do done yeah like, they're I not guess, but they're all kind of dumb in this movie <laughs> yeah, they all they, get yeah. swindled by this one dude <laughs> Yeah, and they're also very like self secluded too. Like no outsiders, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get. Yeah, I don't know, but but then I thought like Michigan representation because that's like our home state. And I thought like RoboCop, and it's like oh, Detroit's a slum, and everyone there gets shot. And I'm like, yeah, that's I mean, Detroit. That's, yeah, that's true though. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's, that's just accurate. So I'm like, do people from Iowa, or are they just like, yeah, we're all dumb, and, and we kind of hate outsiders? I don't know. That's the thing about turn-of-the-century America in general, too. I think just kind of small-town, River City, Iowa, small-town, turn-of-the-century America mentality, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I like that this is a, a period piece. I think it takes place in 1912, they said? Pretty sure that's... 1912 or 1915, somewhere in there, yeah. I can look it up. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. It's in... Hmm. 1912, you're right. Oh, Dean's about to go down another... <laughs> another <laughs> Indian tribe. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about the line where um, uh, his like old partner is like, um, I heard you were doing a scam that was like selling uh, steam-powered cars or something. And he says, yeah, then somebody invented one. And mm. the car in general was invented in eighteen in the eighteen nineties. 
Okay, that makes sense. We're in 1912. So that happened, like, over 10 years ago? I don't know. I'm not a yeah, car historian. I, mean, I guess it could have happened over 10 years ago. Could not have. Why not? Is current. Why this not? man has a life. He's lived. He's what lived. am I thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I think with um, period pieces ranging this far back, um, and maybe this sounds stupid, maybe this is just my COVID brain talking, but like, I really don't understand people's social habits and like methods of communication back in the day like i don't know like what i one piece i think of is when the little girl um says to the music teacher um if a girl doesn't have a sweetheart who's she gonna say goodnight to on the evening star and i'm just like as i'm watching that i'm just like who says this like i mean a little girl says this. yeah but like i I could never imagine anyone saying that nowadays. And well, wow, it's, it's not just that. nowadays. It's not. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Unless nowadays, unless the Evening Star is a competitor to like Grinder or Tinder, then they might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Mean, app. It's so, just it's hard for me to understand um, a lot of the language in a film like this, and true. like their little works and social habits just seems so bizarre from the standpoint of watching in 2022 all i'm hearing from you is that i'm finding out now that you don't wish good night to me on the evening star that's a little hurtful no i wish good morning to you on the morning star i never had that (laughs) i never had that issue with this film i mean I don't know, it's stuff in this time period, maybe it's because I've watched a good amount of the stuff. I feel like I get it. I mean, there's always something that's said where you're like, man, I haven't... There, there was, um, I think I was watching Dick Van Dyke, maybe, or maybe Twilight Zone, but somebody at one point says, man, you're green grass crazy. What's so crazy about green grass? They all, they, they're... Who says that today? I don't know. But basically, there's always been sayings through time. And one thing I've liked about, like, old-fashioned lingo, which still could go for today, um, I just feel like back in the day, you heard more unique sayings like that. And maybe it's because there really wasn't as much to do. Like, at first, I thought you were going to talk, like, when you were saying how people talk, Drew, I thought you were going to talk about how there's a guy on the train and he just starts talking to everybody, which that's weird to think of nowadays because you're people are going to be looking at you like you're weird if you just get up and start talking to everybody on the um, shuttle through New York or something. Yeah. Um, but back then, I mean, it was either you read the newspaper, or you talk and... Honestly, I kind of like the idea of that lifestyle. I wish people could be more connected today like they were then. You, I'll go right back to it. I always blame technology. I just think people don't rely on our social lives as much or on even each other because of technology. And because of that, I want to blame that for why people are liking each other less, too. I, I want to push back on that and let you guys in a little behind the curtain of my relationship. And that when I got down on one knee and proposed to Kim, uh, you you can't see it, obviously, because it's only in pictures. But she looked down at me and she went, ye gods. 
Really? So, uh, the lingo, it stays. <laughs> she did not. Did she? I... Dean, there's gullible written on the ceiling. <laughs> you, you can't do me like that. If, if someone <laughs> looked at me in the year of 2022 and said, ye gods, they'd have a broken jaw. I right? could not stand that girl. After she said it for like the the fourth or fifth time, I'm like, I'm not having this. I, I can't stand it. I didn't laugh out loud, but I, I thought it was quirky. What what do you think, James? <laughs> Of the so I, we just got done watching uh, Schmigadoon, and that had a lot of stuff. It pulled, you can see elements from the Music Man in Schmigadoon, because she, uh, Cecily Strong said Ye Honk, which was a combination of Ye Gods and Great Honk that the two kids said. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just that quirky time period. They, I'm, I'm not sure, honestly, either, if that was like a 1962 thing where they, they thought, well, people in the 1910s, 50 years ago, that's what they said, and they put that in the script looking back 50 years, trying to remember what people said, I don't know how that worked. Because this is, we're now, you know, 60 years removed from this film, and this film was almost 50 years removed from when they were trying to set the time period. So I'm not sure if something got lost in translation there or not either. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that the whole Ye Gods thing is a whole, just a comedic bit in itself. I feel like I feel like it's of, supposed to be, yeah. but... Well, I feel like a lot of the movie is comedy. It's just aged comedy. Like, my least favorite lines of the movie had the word poop. Because I hate the word poop. I don't like that word. I don't want to poop out of you. I I agree. I agree with you on that one, Dean. That line that Matt mentioned. That line, I can't stand. I it took I'm gonna be honest, that line alone I think hit a point for me. <laughs> it hit a point for you? It, it took a point off, you yeah, mean? Knocked a point off. Dang. I mean it was a bad line. Yeah. <laughs> well it's like Cause there's like with the ye gods, I'm like there are. It's not common at all, but I mean there could be somebody who just has a tick where they say ye gods. Somebody going, I don't want to poop out of you. I don't think that's ever gonna happen, unless they mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe subconsciously he meant it. Who knows? Well, he doesn't want it, so that's good at least. It's good. Oh, what do you guys think of the the main character? What do you guys think of uh, his? Uh, he's my favorite character. He's he's my MVP. I like him. He's very charismatic, and you got to admire that. You got to admire his drive and his passion for what he does. Um, but I don't know. At at the same time, he did he did kind of annoy me a bit at times. I'm just like, dude, you really are taking advantage of this whole town here, and I don't know that. He yeah, he got on my nerves a bit for that reason. I I liked his acting. I liked his character. It's yeah, his just, acting was good. It's just there were times... Honestly, this guy gave me a big Dick Van Dyke vibe for a point. Um, But there were also times which I don't blame any of the actors. I blame the writing. But it's the time period, too. I mean, this was more common then, which seems weird. But I felt like there were just some way sexist points in this movie. Like, he's looking at the... the the one girl, I think the librarian girl, and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna back her into a corner and breathe on her glasses, and I'm like, whoa man. 
Yeah. Oh, you said that, and I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like as I was watching, I was like, I don't, I didn't get any sexist vibes from this movie. No, really, I I did get that too. Like that line for sure, and that was for sure. That was more like because she's a librarian, she's a nerd. Like I'm gonna bully her, and like I'm gonna breathe Uh, on her glasses. I didn't think of it. I don't think so. I don't because he was already infatuated from the moment he saw her. He didn't know her yet. That's when the buddy's telling her about him or telling him about her. What about the point though, where um he thinks his partner's talking about? I think the mayor's wife, who is not in the story not as attractive and he looks at her and he thinks he's talking about the librarian and he goes <laughs> well i'm not he's like i'll do it but i'm not gonna like it like that's <laughs> that's kind of mean i don't know <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest things in regards to that for me was just the fact that he kept following the librarian all around and pestering her, even though she was clearly not interested after having already said it many times. And then in the whole scene where he's trying to like almost seduce her in the library during that musical number, he just like kisses her unprompted when singing to her. And that's obviously not something she wanted. That, that was just kind of the stuff that got to me. She mm. distracts him with a dirty book. And Beans. he's distracted. Matt's so that shows like, his priorities. Just, I just let him I, kiss her. No, I just, no, 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 no. Because that song was them kind of being like, that That song was basically Sexual Tension, the musical. Because uh, they're kind of going back and forth a bit on there. She's like, oh, will they, won't they type of thing. And when you gave me a movie from 1962, and I haven't watched it yet, but Dean texts me, like, this movie's so sexist. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be like, women belong in the kitchen type of thing. Get back there, dishwasher. Uh, and, but then, and then I'm in here watching it, and they're like, oh, she's pretty. I'm going to kiss her. And you guys are like, that's so sexist. No, that's guy talk. That is it's not how he said it. He said he's going to back her into a corner and, <laughs> and breathe on her glasses. On, yeah, that's the bully a nerd. I, At least I, from I, a stranger. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a. But a she she thing. keeps telling him no, and then he keeps trying to get her to he, say yes. That is alone not, is a red flag. He hey, is they end up together at the end. He's they not looking do, for consent. He forced the consent. They shouldn't end up together in the end. Not mm. after all of that. I mean, hey, it, it worked. Obviously, I'm. Oh, okay. Man. So yeah, you're you're you you. It's okay if you do it, right? Well, it's fine it wouldn't, if we it wouldn't do have worked it, huh? for me because I'm not a handsome man like this guy is. Well, it's not 1962 anymore, especially not 1912. <laughs> <laughs> standards have changed i want a woman to back me in a corner and breathe on my glasses you see i view it today as sexist there is room for discussion for the time period and that to me is simply because back to the before there was no technology your only shot was to make an impression in person and may he's probably i took it as a little a little more than it probably should have been but he all in all, is probably just trying to make his impression. Well, you know what? Now I'm kind of second guessing now because he is at first just trying to get with her because it sounds like, according to his story, he did it like a hundred other times. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I would posit that A, 
musicals have to be taken a little bit differently because people don't burst out in the song. Everything's a little more exaggerated than it is supposed to be. So if you take it from the, the standpoint that it's a musical, and of course, this is obviously you know very over the top. Everything's bigger than life. Plus the fact that it's set like over a hundred years ago by today's standards. So of course we we look at this and say, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Um, but then also like if you think of the movie Titanic, where you know they're talking about how you know do you want to see me as a seamstress? You have to marry this man, otherwise we'll be poor. We're women. This is our lot in life. It was a completely different world from anything any of us are used to. And I'm saying this probably as the oldest guy currently on the show. But I, I think that there's well, it's that that's. I, I, I'm regressing earlier now when I said it wasn't a problematic thing and it holds up well because you're pointing this out. I'm like, oh crap, yeah, that is kind of problematic. But I think that's through today's lens and the fact that it, like yeah. I said, it's a musical. Everything's exaggerated. People breaking a song, women swooning men's arms. And for the record, I purposely wear glasses in the hopes that some woman will back me into a corner and breathe on them. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, okay. no, I, I didn't view it as like um, anything that was like ruining this film by any means or like uh this film shouldn't be talked about nowadays because of this or anything it was just something that i had thought about and i know dean was kind of thinking about it too um yeah i just wanted to have a little discussion point on that because i do think it is something uh worth mentioning but it's nothing that like makes or breaks the film it's not like they were really being sexist it just I get those vibes. I get those vibes at times for sure. Sure. That clears the that that cleared up some fog from my lens because for some reason hearing you mention how with a musical it's much more exaggerated and over I guess I didn't put the numbers in my mind, but like over a hundred years ago, yeah, that makes more sense. Uh I mean, yeah, obviously though, today's lens it does not fly, but that time no, it doesn't no. surprise me. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring up the Anvil salesman. That was the only guy in the movie that was like, yeah, he's he's a little creepy. Yeah, well, he was he was a problem for sure. <laughs> I, uh, he was a problem for sure. I know he was the character when I saw the live performance. I don't know if they said the line we were talking about before with Harold, if that was in the live performance I watched, but at least the scene with this guy doing what he does was in the performance. And I remember seeing it in the live show, and I was like, ooh, he is out there. And um, I got to say, though, I didn't expect the live performance hit harder because I I mean, I didn't know a thing about Music Man. And also, even though this guy was as bad as he was, the actor who played him at the live performance was so funny. And he was so animated. He was one of my favorite actors in the show. And then he dropped the suitcase. And it was loud. And it made made me laugh. Because I didn't expect it to be so loud. But when I saw the live performance, I didn't know he was an anvil salesman. I watched the movie, Mm -hmm. he's an anvil salesman. And I felt like I would have expected that then. Either way, though... Maybe I was just kind of desensitized because I already went through that with that guy. <laughs> Him dropping the suitcase was the one big laugh out of me in this movie. Yeah, that that got me. <laughs> there was only a couple times where I did laugh, honestly. And yeah, when he does drop it, that was pretty good. And another instance was um, when they uh, they compared like all the gossiping uh, feather hat women to uh, chickens. 
Like, oh, they did the yes. shot of all the chickens. That was kind of funny. Uh, yeah. I was gonna kind of, um, about that whole chickens thing. Pretty much, this movie is literally telling us that these women are like a flock of chickens. And I don't know how to take that. Well, it's well, the way they're singing. Yeah, it's the way they're singing, and it's the comparison of the feathers on their hats. And I think chickens the movie... have feathers. Well, because I when I saw women are chickens, well, not literally chickens, but I think it's saying something about a flock of birds. Like the vibes I got when I was in the live performance was they're gossiping and that the show was maybe saying that the gossip is pointless and that's why it sounds like cheap, cheap, cheap. But yeah, yeah well, I mean, I think that's also the, well, the honest portrayal that I felt watching the movie is they're just calling these women like no better than a flock of birds. Drew, well, you were right. He, that's what he thought. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> to your interpretation of it, Dean. <laughs> oh, I don't know how you could interpret another way, another way though, because I they literally show you. it. They what? they show it, but that's because they have feathers on their hats. They are just making these chicken-like noises. It is really just the fact that they're a big group of women wearing feathers that are gossiping. Yes, yeah, so it's what together. I'm saying. No, no, they're not saying wi- these women are. <laughs> no, it's the gossiping that's the part that makes them like yes, chickens. It's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're making it sound much worse. That like it is bad in my opinion. <laughs> Why is that bad? Just because, because they're women? If it were a group of men, would that be any different? It would be bad if it was a group of men. It's just saying that they're Fuck just it. like animals. I think it's so just saying that like gossip, is, gossip is stupid. It's yeah. at least no better than when I was sitting at an improv show with my oh, girlfriend no. the first night I met her parents. And there was this woman on stage doing something funny. I thought it was funny. And so I I told uh, my girlfriend at the time, I was like, look at that chick. Which was my lingo. I guess, yeah, it can be offensive to some people I've learned over time. I didn't know. And I just said it. I'm like, just look at that chick. And the ma- her mom, this is the first day I met her. She snapped at me. Like, I, I just said, look at that chick up there. And she goes, excuse me? I'm like, oh, and she's like, we are not animals. And I'm just like, I know. I I don't mean it that way. Dean, I think what you're experiencing is just some, like, trauma, and that's why you associated this. I was traumatized. You just have trauma, bro. You're like um, <laughs> Roderick when his mom catches the bikini mags. What do you have to say to all women? <laughs> I'm sorry, women. <laughs> yup, yup. Man. <laughs> Dang, bro, I'm um, sorry you went through that. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I... No, I, I, thank you. I appreciate it. Um... <laughs> um... <laughs> The pool table coming to town. I never understood it in the live they're show. Oh, so, they're so anxious about this pool table, bro. Yeah. It's going to make some hooligans. He's good, though, at making it a problem to these people because he is. essentially what he's saying is when you have fun in your town, you ain't going to be working. And that's trouble. 
And then he creates his own form of fun, being a a big music group town. Mm -hmm. So it's a little little contradictory. Constructive fun that gets him paid. Yeah. I'd like like to know, James, what is, what would, do you have a, we do this in every episode, I'm pretty sure, for Musical Month, your favorite song and your least favorite song. Favorite song is "You Got Trouble." We we're just—it's kind of funny. You were oh, just yes. talking about the pool table song because that's—that's—that's that's a well-paced song, and that's one of the ones to try to do the lyrics again. You really got to have some breath control to get through yeah. that. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. It, it's very fun. It's well staged. Uh, the, the, yeah, it's got a uh, lot of good, great choreography. And I'd say my least favorite song is probably. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I, I'd say either pick a little, talk a little, and I wasn't a huge fan of the piano lesson song where where they're, you know, and then she'd hit the key on the piano. That was kind of like, let's get through this piece and on to the next song. Yeah, they're uh, that let's get through this piece, like Mass said earlier. I I did get halfway through the movie, and I thought it was almost done. And it was halfway through. So, yeah, there were parts where I was like, let's get through this part. All right, let's get moving. I want to say... Oh, Drew, you you can speak. I I was just going to say I agree that that is my favorite song as well, the the You Got Trouble. I thought that was really well done, really well organized. I agree as well. My favorite. It is one of my favorites. I mean, I I, I kind of want to say something else just to bring up another good song. Oh, you just want say, to be different. Wow. Just to bring up another song. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Fine, my, fine. My favorite I'm going to pick the Billy Joel song from my, Dewey Cox again. My <laughs> favorite song is Trouble, okay? And my least favorite song is... Man, there's a pattern. My least favorite Martin song is, is the Cheap, Cheap, Cheap. <laughs> all right, all right. Wrong. Yeah, you three... Two, one, shapoopy. Yeah, it's my See, least favorite. It's bad. Yeah, so James, it's the way the full... he says it too. He's like shapoopy. Like it's, <laughs> uh, I can't stand his voice. I can't. James, before we did this episode, and we were recording the last episode, and we were told that we were going to watch Music Man. I told Drew and Matt. I said. You guys are going to hear a song that you cannot believe is in this movie because when I, I'm just saying it because when I saw the live performance, it stood out like a sore thumb. Like it hit me like a brick. I was like, I know this song. I think I'm pretty sure, not to be lame, I'm pretty sure I know it from Family Guy. But right. I, I figured these guys at least were going to know the song, but they didn't. And I also, th- I love this, probably was going to be my favorite song. But before I watched the movie with the subtitles, I thought it was Shibupi with a B for Ben. And learning it's Shibupi, it has not sounded at all the same to it's me ever since. Shaking your beliefs <laughs> yeah, shaking in the music, man. <laughs> shaking uh, James, do you know what is a Shibupi? Do you know? I don't know. I'm assuming it's uh, another one of those old-timey things like Ye Gods. I'm not sure if it's just that was something that it, they just made up the word just for this musical or if it was a common phrase of slang of some kind. But again, I think that's almost more horrendous than him backing her into a corner and breathing on her glasses. The fact that they use that name. 
Oh, yeah, to, yeah. To and, well, but these... it was good enough for Seth MacFarlane, like you said. It was good enough for Seth <laughs> yeah, MacFarlane yeah. to reprise in Family Guys, so there's that. <laughs> I was telling them, honestly, like, between the live performance and Family Guy, I don't mean the ream on the movie, but I've liked every other performance except for in the movie. Like Drew said, I can't get down with the guy's voice with the song. Yeah, it's... It's a buzzkill. I mean, the song tells you what a shapoopy is. It's a girl yeah. who's hard to get. I think oh. I saw it as like a uh, a romantic, not romantic in my opinion, but a romantic nickname for a special partner. That's, that that's kind of what I was thinking too. Evolved into what is mentioned in, I think, like a like a pet name. I think Guys and Dolls has it where they say you call him Pookie. <laughs> so it, the the word is evolving. What do you think it is today? <laughs> uh, man, let, let's Bay. see. Bay. <laughs> that would probably be it. It's been uh, a long time. A girl. Hmm, let's see. Girl who takes ten hours to answer you on Snapchat or Tinder. You're looking at Urban Dictionary, aren't you? No, I'm not. That's the opposite uh, of a shapoopy. No, because she's playing hard to get. Like maybe she's just not oh, interested. Oh, playing you know? hard to get. Yeah, that's what well, I'm going for. At least I was trying to like think of her a post, just like either the other guy, man, find her dad or something. I saw that in a tweet. <laughs> you say go after her dad? I no, like you find her dad and talk with him. Or I don't know. I saw a tweet that said y'all. One of like ninety people liking her post. You gotta stand out. Go and find her father or something. <laughs> Which honestly, I took that as good advice. I think it's unique. Why would she let be you mad? take her to prom? Take her dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's good advice. That's good advice. Put that. That's gonna be our new uh, Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little confusing, but we'll uh, do you, it. you better watch your phraseology. That's another constant that is, in this movie. Yeah, that I, I kind of like that one. That one I did not mind. I'm allowed to say this, but <laughs> when, um, when I was watching this, I feel like the dancing and like we've mentioned the talking, there's just so much about it that's so goofy. Everybody is white. I feel like anybody who isn't white, this is how they picture us white people. <laughs> they say white people have no culture watch the music watch man music man there's a this, culture uh, you just don't need it this, this movie wanted. music man from 1962 is single-handedly responsible from keeping diversity from coming to iowa people see this and they're like nope we're skipping over that thing yeah i can go without iowa i'm not part of the iowa way iowa yeah. <laughs> i'm away from that the um what's the deal with the mayor constantly trying to recite the gettysburg address i know the <laughs> four score i like to see it as it's him preventing dead air mm, okay i'm gonna start doing that whenever there's a moment of silence on this show four score and <laughs> seven. oh hey dean uh what'd you think of the oh. mayor's wife oh um she looked if it's not his wife, one of those ladies who's at least with the wife, if not the wife, looked exactly like somebody in the live performance I saw, which was weird to me. Um, I mean, while on that note, um, 
the troublemaker boy, you know, mm. who lit the firecracker yeah, off. I thought that was part of the show for a second, and yeah, then everyone shit. got mad at him. Yeah, that, um, that Native American show probably didn't age well. How accurate was that, Dean? And your accurate to the uh, what was the the chump the Comanches? That's not very accurate to the Comanche tribe. Better or worse than prey? Worse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just to be know. honest. I'm, it was bad. No, I want to make sure. Yep. Hey, I said my MVP. Who's your who? Y'all got for MVP? Mine was the troublemaker boy because. I'm pretty sure it's him, right? Where, like, um, he's... We got uh, Hill teaching the music class, and then he's mm-hmm. like... All, he pulls the boy up, and he's like, all right, keep him busy for 45 minutes or something, and leaves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the reasons like that, uh, making the music stand for a stick, and such as that, that boy put in effort, and he probably kept the people busy longer than Hill could have. So I'm giving it to the boy. Uh... I don't want to give it to anybody, but if I got to give it to somebody, I guess I'll give it to our main guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he does absolutely swindle a whole damn town. So <laughs> He's earned it, I'm he telling does. you. James, you got MVP of this movie? We're talking character or the actor from the movie? Uh, character. 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 I'm going with Marion. Uh, she was, uh, again, this is... When, again, you look at it through the lens of a musical and through the lens of the time period and everything, but for being the time it was especially, she was quite progressive. She was running the library. She was telling the mayor's wife to F off when it came to like picking yeah. what books could be seen and not seen. She was standing up to Harold Hill. She called him out immediately. She's like, honestly, what are you guys being taken in by this guy for Like early on? And the mayor's kind of shaking out. He goes, right, the, 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 the guy's a bygone spellbinder. And he, she kind of snaps people to reality, but then she ends up Obviously, it's, you know, over the top. It's a musical. She ends up falling in love with him, of course. Uh, but I think just for her being such a strong woman featured in this type of musical before it was cool to do so, I give it to Marion all the way. Those are some Except valid so. points. Valid. No, uh, honestly, Marion is is runner up for my dunce. Because I, really? I oh. don't. I don't like her falling in love with uh, the the main guy. I, can't think I of don't like that either. Oh, I don't I like that she knew the whole time. Hollywood. Yeah, I didn't. I don't like that she knows the entire time that he's scamming them and is like he's cool though. You know. I, I wasn't yeah. a fan. I was gonna give my dunce to the mayor because. He is a dunce. Yeah, um, I, no, I'm going to agree with you on that. I can think I, of many instances where he gets swindled when he clearly doesn't want to be. Him, I don't have a son. Him being the one to say... <laughs> that a dunce yeah, thing. that too. Him being the one to say the word poop and those comments like that. <laughs> he didn't seem yeah, like a mayor to me, the me. four score stuff. But also... He had a couple moments where I did like accidentally leak out a chuckle. Like, and I think one point was when he went, She's right, he's a darn spellbinder, or uh, whatever it was. Um, but uh, when he said that, it actually made me laugh, but I laughed like, <laughs> oh, Dang it. 
because I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think Mayor's a good choice for Dunce. Ultimately, though, it's got to go to the all four of the barbershop quartet guys. <laughs> they're my I favorite like characters, them. but they're okay. the Dunce. Yeah, they're yeah. my favorite. They get swindled every single time. It happens they like really five do. times where they're like, we need your credentials. And the man hums a tune and they're like, oh no, I'd say, <laughs> here <laughs> we go again. One that thing. Was... What? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One thing they did in the live performance with the quartet men that I liked better than the movie was in the movie they already kind of with their hats i mean everybody had them but they kind of already looked like quartet men but in the performance they didn't have hats they had like regular suits but after they did like their bit where he's like ice cream ice cream and they started becoming the quartet each next scene you saw them they added a like a quartet piece of apparel to them like mm. first they had quartet hats the next scene and that was really funny i like pointed out to tori and she laughed and then the next scene they had like matching striped jackets and they just slowly became <laughs> quartet man and i loved that i do like that that would have been a little bit more fun um but one thing i didn't understand was why everyone in this town was so obsessed with his credentials like what does it matter? I mean, he's, you know, he's teaching you guys music. It seems like most of you guys are liking it. Like, his credentials would confirm if he's a music guy or not. But he clearly has musical talent. They think. I think, I think since <laughs> it's a musical, it looks it. like it. But I do want to, I want to think that in the actuality of the actual world, he's not actually doing all this singing maybe maybe i mean that, that goes to that. At the internet now we're so used to be able to look someone up on the at the drop of a hat and be like what's your name again oh there's your facebook profile yep you taught at this college boom okay that's fine yep there you go whereas I, back then they had to dig for it that kind of goes uh hand in hand with our conversation uh about sweeney todd last week where matthew was having a hard time at times during the film trying to distinguish when it was supposed to just be in their head that they were saying this stuff or oh, when yeah. it was like actually s uh, a conversation that was I happening. You were saying something like, Sweeney, your credentials. <laughs> are you a real barber or are you a demon barber? <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like this movie, it feels pretty straightforward that every time they're singing, they're singing. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, that's was, the impression I got. I liked, um, I didn't get the first time in the live performance. It's another mayor bit, but watching the movie, he says a line at one point. He's like, he's slippier, slipperier than a Mississippi sturgeon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh because isn't the original saying a Mississippi whore? Is it? I think it is. I didn't look it up. I feel I like you might be right. I don't hang around with the crowds you hang around with, apparently, but I did not know that. I mean, I did grow up around a lot of old-fashioned people. I mean, my dad was the youngest of his family. My, my grandfather was born in 1917. So, um, old well, family. 
<laughs> I made the mistake of looking up uh, Mississippi Horror, and it just gave me just the worst <laughs> results. Uh, don't Google that. Um, uh, felt like so that was pretty. I'm adding saying. Well, I thought maybe it would pull up the saying if it was a saying, but nope. I just got horrific. Uh, the never going to get that out of my head. So guess, thank you for that, Dean. I guess um, there's sayings. I'm sweating more than a hooker in church. Not looking that one up. <laughs> um, I'm reading them right now. Uh, there's the slicker one I'm reading is slicker, slicker than um. I can't say that word. I can't say that word. Slicker than shit on a hoe handle. What? There's a lot of sayings I'm about to think about that one. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of sayings like this, so I wouldn't doubt that we're not far off from it with the sturgeon line. I'd like to take the time to remind you all to delete your browser history when we're through. (laughs) (laughs) That's something I thought we would have to do after a show. Yeah, it's first time for dial-up. I'm snapping my (laughs) laptop in half after this one. (laughs) Dial-up's over. I am going to be honest. I do like the sweating like a whore in church line. That's a funny one. (laughs) That is a good one. That is a a funny one. one. Alright, well, good. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I'm reading them. Maybe maybe next time you're with the in-laws, that'll be the one you use. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed this hard, but there's, um, I'll kill you and swear you died. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll kill you and swear you died. <laughs> that doesn't even make you awesome. <laughs> I think it's funny. Sure See, it's... you get all these old sayings back in the day, and they're not all appropriate, but they're all unique. Because somebody yeah. sat around and they're like, Slipper, slipperier than a... Question, okay, about the, the kind of the end of the movie, the uh, marching band sequence. How, how did they all know how to play? You can't tell me the lack of teaching got them there. Everyone blacked out and it's a dream oh, that okay because there are those little transition things where they like pop into their band uniforms which i liked but yeah that it, i didn't get it was like a grease like, sequence yeah it doesn't make sense yeah i don't know maybe someone didn't check the um the uh carbon monoxide thing in this school. oh yeah maybe i wrote ever- down i wrote down what I want you to finish what you, you were going to say, son, man. Gonna I was just going to say, I think everyone's passing out. Oh, yes, yes. yes. I, uh, I wrote down that I am pretty sure that this movie is just simply, it is the lives of all the background characters in the Andy Griffith show. And <laughs> I wrote that down, and it really feels like it. But then when... um. The Lisp Kid, uh, it shows him like face on crying. That's Opie from the Andy Griffith show. So yeah. then I was like, it Ron is Howard. that. <laughs> Ron Howard, yeah. It's all connected. That's what it is, man. It's just the lives of all the background characters. Interesting. Does that show take place in Iowa? Iowa? I don't remember. It's, I want to guess it's in the South. Wait, mm-hmm. Iowa, is South Carolina, South? if I'm not mistaken? Oh, I believe that. Mayberry, South Carolina? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I've been to the town before. Mayberry is the name. Okay. 
No, I think you're right. Let me. I'm just gonna Google it to make sure, so I'm not spreading misinformation. I love the Andy Griffith show mainly. My dad North got Carolina, me to love sorry. it. Yeah, yeah, it would have been North Carolina because that's where I've been. Nice. My dad got me to like Andy Griffith's show, and I think he liked it because that grandfather I mentioned that was born in 1917, he was the sheriff of Muskegon for quite a while, and everybody says. I guess everybody who's seen the Andy Griffith show and known my grandfather, they all say he was exactly like Andy Griffith. And that just that, that makes me have <laughs> a warm heart. Glad it can give you the warm Very cool. Dean. It's like, I never met him, but I can just watch the Andy Griffith show and, you know, have an idea of at least how he was as a man. That is your grandpa. As long as it was all truthful that I heard. Yeah, you know, never meet your heroes. That's my grandpa, man. <laughs> they say Balzac a lot, and I thought it was Balsack. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I didn't know what what is a Balzac. I think that's an author. Balzac was the writer. Yeah, the writer yeah. of one of those forbidden uh, Rabelais, okay. Balzac. Those were all the uh, the poets and oh. the writers that she didn't want to be in the uh, to be in the library. Okay, I thought it was like a certain type of publication or something, something to that degree, but okay, yeah, that clears it up. I want to shout out um, the American Gothic parody. Um, you know the painting with the dude in the, with the pitchfork? Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. I remember that, that. Yeah, that's American Gothic, and they did that in the movie. I liked that. So nice Classic. shout out. <laughs> nice. Any other sayings? Dean? Shit poopy. Shit poopy. Okay, Biden. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, always, I always say Tempest Fugit ever since I heard the, because uh, the, the mayor's wife says it, come, George, Tempest Fugit. And I, I love that phrase. So I always say What's it. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what? Time flies. Oh. oh. You know, um, maybe this is just my mind, but I thought that was going to be code for something dirty because, like, after she says it, he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> So, um, I gotta go. That's that's on me. Just finding out now that it's just a, a fun thing. Hey, uh, why the mayor is searching for his credentials all the time, but the town was built the year after he said his class was. And so, you're telling me the mayor, I don't know, I, I mean, it kind of makes sense that he wouldn't know, if, especially because of the time, but like. There wasn't one person that he went to who was like, class of 05, um, Gary, uh, whatever state it was. And they're like, well, that wasn't. Nobody knew that it didn't exist in 05, which is like less than a, a decade ago. I wouldn't have known. I yeah. guess I maybe wouldn't have known. I mean, I don't study all the cities in the country. Because one the lady, he told a lady, I believe it was Marion's mom, that he was from Gary, Indiana. And she's like, I've never even heard of that place. So maybe, they, maybe yeah, the right. Iowans just don't know. They're not in the know. I mean, most all Iowans are stupid. Yeah, I mean, we've had our fair share of UK hate, but maybe we should redirect it towards Iowa. I think you're right. I think it's time. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm too focused on the UK. I'm sorry. My final point from my notes I wanted to bring up was, um, gee damn, that footbridge is a carnival of love. What's up with the footbridge? 
There's people know. are prancing around. I yeah. I'm feeling like it's insinuating that they're banging or yeah, love It seemed like they were getting it on. It sure is a carnival. <laughs> yeah. They were like yeah. twirling each other then jumping in bushes. I'm like, okay. Alright. Yeah. I never <laughs> had this much fun. <laughs> and he's just walking past all of it with a yeah. smug look on his face like oh to be young <laughs> why can't they do it uh, man I'm 20 I'm 27 I've never been on the footbridge before well, why not <laughs> all these people have yeah they've been under it they've been over it <laughs> you see in the live performance it seemed like a secluded area they went to the footbridge and it was just the two of them and it was quiet and I, that's what i'm expecting the whole time in the movie and they get there and like you said they're jump. it's like all these kids oh like, it's wild in the bushes and such i'm like were were my grandparents like this like <laughs> <laughs> jumping through the onion fields <laughs> yeah man that's that's the goal that's the american dream right there prancing around at the at the footbridge step bridge thing yeah my other grandparents they packed onions that was their first job nice got sheriffs and onions sheriffs and onions wow. well actually the sher- the sheriff grandfather his first job 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 was being a an assistant to the medic for a lumber yard during the great depression uh, that's pretty cool. A medic at a lumberyard. All right. He saw a lot of stuff. There was one There's story he told us. This guy came running in. He didn't have any fingers. I, he had his thumb, I think. <laughs> I would assume he had his thumb. But what happened was, um, because these guys would get bored at the lumberyard all the time, and they wouldn't know what to do, and so they do stuff like what happened to this guy. Like, hey, I bet you... I don't know what the... I, it was something along the lines of this. I bet you, like, five bucks that you can't move your hand away before the axe hits the log. And he's like, you're on. And that's literally what they were doing. Like, the dude put his hand on a log, and the dude swung the axe down. And what I heard was, what probably happened was, the dude swinging the axe thought he was going to move his hand, and the dude who had his hand there thought the dude with the axe wasn't going to do it. And so he just straight up just did it. Just chopped his fingers Dang. off. <laughs> That's how boring he ever get. got hurt from a good old fashioned machete fight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's how bored this guy is. This guy doesn't happen in a town with a footbridge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If they had a footbridge, they'd be doing other things there. Yeah. <laughs> footbridge or a pool table. Yeah. Yeah. The two. Yeah. The two. Uh, the, the, the bad, bad things. And that, that was, and that was the movie. movie, and that's the movie. All right. E. 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 Well, James, you won the IMDb game, so you get to give your final thoughts and rating on a scale one to ten first. Um, final thoughts. I'd say this is a. I, I'd say it's a nice little snapshot of, I guess, what people in the nineteen. 19- late 50s early 60s thought of turn of the century america uh it's kind of like seeing looking through a window at people looking through a window i think it's got a lot of charm uh now that you've mentioned the parts that are problematic i'm kind of reassessing a little bit uh because i I, I don't know if i just 
completely <laughs> washed that out of my mind or if at the time the last time I saw this I didn't pick up on it maybe I don't know um but I think it's also one of those things where of course we are now in a time where we are hyper aware of those kind of things as we should yeah. be yeah. um and I think looking at it again through at, at people who were looking at 1912 when they were in 1952 or 62 uh depending on when the, the book for the music or the movie was made um uh, i think it was probably less problematic and no one was like oh that's just the way people were um and i don't want to say that about it but at the same time you kind of have to take these things as a ship in a bottle this is the way things were back then yeah. we can impose all our things on we want so that being said I think it still has a lot of charm. I think Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, yes, Batman played uh, Gerald Hill. Robert Preston was great in that role. He, you know, made the transition from Broadway to the actual movie at the behest of Meredith Wilson, who wrote the book. He said, I'm not going to let this thing go on unless we cast him as Harold Hill in the movie as well. Um, I think it's a great cast overall. I think there's a reason we're still enjoying this now on Broadway in 2022 with Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman in the lead. Uh, lead roles. I think it's. I think it's great. I think it's fun. It just kind of lets you shut your brain off. I look back at a, a bygone time, and I think the music itself, like you guys mentioned, it is complicated. It's not your normal musical stuff you'd see. And I think a lot of musicals nowadays follow in that vein. I think this was kind of a trailblazer for that style and type of musical. For, so for all those reasons, I'm going to go ahead and rate this. I think it still holds up as one of my very favorite musicals of all. I'm going to rate it a solid eight. Woo! Nice. Good, good stuff. Love to hear it. All right, uh, Drew, your final thoughts and rating on the Music Man. Uh, so I thought, honestly, I wasn't really a big fan of the music in this. Um, I don't know. A lot of the songs just did not really uh, do it for me. Um, but I think there was a couple where I was getting into it, and I definitely see the uh, the effort uh put behind those like the um the you got trouble song i thought that was really well done um and i thought the choreography was something uh really to be admired in this film uh really good like just dance numbers uh to complement the music and that was cool and i just felt like so much of it went on too long and i think um all the old timey language, which I get that it's a timepiece and stuff. I, I think that's just something that loses me personally when uh, you take that and then you take a musical, which I'm not fond of musicals in the first place. Um, but I thought, uh, yeah, Robert Preston, he was, he was really good as the lead, um, did kind of get on my nerves a bit at times. Um, yeah, all this being said, this movie is by no means my favorite and I'm not going to be giving it this score because I think it's a bad movie. Uh, I just, I do not like it personally. So uh, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. Wow. 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 We wow. All right. All right. Yeah. And, and that reminds me, I would kill to see the Robert Pattinson version of this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm down. I would uh, watch that. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Dean, your final thoughts and rating of The Music Man. I think seeing other versions of this um, musical has, I think it did dampen my view on the film itself. I honestly think I enjoyed the live performance better. Um, that being said, though, it is a great 
film. Like, it took a lot of effort, clearly. I don't even know... Like, I don't know if I could write a song in general. I mean, I want to try someday. But I feel like I have potential to, but I feel like also... I don't think I could write the songs that were in this film just because of how the wording is and all that. It's like, you really got to think of your placement there. Like, it's honestly impressive to me. Um, So there is reason for this to have a good response from an audience. Um, I do think a lot of the humor, I don't know if dry is the term, but it just, it, it didn't make me laugh too much. I mean, it got chuckles out of me throughout the film and it, I don't know, maybe just for me, just because I'm already used to, I guess, older lingo and such as that. Um, but I really liked what James said about um, how it's like you're looking through a lens of somebody else looking through a lens. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I'm just like very in the middle with it. So I think... That being said, still liking other performances more. I'm going to have to give it, I'm going to say a 4.9. But it is a great film. A lot of work went into it. I just, that's how I felt. All right. All right. Nice, nice. Um, Yeah. Uh, my final thoughts and rating. Do I like the movie? Yes. Is it a well-made movie? Yes. Would I ever watch it again? No. Um, it's, it's difficult because it's just, it's two and a half hours and I like one song a lot. And then that's like, and that's in the first like 20 minutes <laughs> is the good song. And then it's like two and a half hours of, uh, the rest of it and it's a liar revealed story and luckily we have not covered many of these on the show but uh so maybe this is my first time saying it it's my least favorite kind of story i hate stories where uh the whole plot is a guy's lying and they're gonna uncover it and not like him anymore and and that's what this was and i it's predictable to me it's formulaic but um the choreography was nice the uh, one song I liked was nice. I liked the barbershop quartet. They were funny dunces, but funny dunces, which is the best kind of dunce to be. I'm yep. going to go <laughs> right down the middle. I'm going to give it a five out of ten. I mean, it certainly has its right to live on as long as it has. Like, I think to this movie itself, it's just how the movie did it with us. Because, like I said, watching the live performance, it was a whole different experience. I enjoyed it more. I think it's how people play out the story. Like, the story in itself has potential. Like, with the songs, I mean. I feel like if it didn't have any of the songs, then I, then you're kind of out of luck. But with the songs, there is certainly potential, and there's good reason for why it has lived as long as it has. I... Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe on stage it is better. I don't know. I, and I liked it's tough because there, it's like I'm like I said, I'm right down the middle, perfectly average for me. And it's like every time I think of something I like, I think about something I dislike, and it's just it, but like one's not outweighing the other for me. So I'm just like perfectly down the middle. It it's good. It's good. That's a good place to be. Um. 
But yeah, that was the music man, James Enstall. Thank you so much for bringing that to us. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate your uh, letting me be on the show. Yeah, we appreciate having you. Good discussion. Yeah, the people wanted to find you, all your shows, everything you're doing online. Where's the best place for them to go do that? Uh, The main landing page would just be my website, Geek to me radio g-e-e-k-t-o-m-e-r-a-d-i-o.com uh, that's got take you everywhere from there obviously uh instagram and twitter at geek to me radio i am trying to up my youtube numbers which at this point are anemic so if anyone's listening would like to take pity on me you can feel free to go to my youtube page uh, just find geek to me radio there and subscribe i uh, would greatly appreciate that as well you got it awesome well uh musical month is technically not over, but we're done with it. (laughs) (laughs) A little peek behind the curtain, we have an extra week, which would be usually a uh, uh, fan vote week, and we kind of voted, and we're like, are we done with musicals? Yeah. Yes. We're a little burnt Uh, out. I got voted out. I'm not too against musicals. Uh, well, no more. I love democracy and we're done with them. <laughs> so, Thank God for that. Next week, we're doing something a little different for our bonus episode. We're going to, um, so this show's been going on for about a year and a couple months now, and we've covered a good amount of movies. And so, uh, you'd think that the co-hosts of the show, Drew and Dean, they're going to be aces in this movie expertise life of theirs. So we're going to play a little game next week called Are You Smarter Than a Dial-Up Co-Host? Oh, we, God. Uh, Drew and Dean, you guys are going to be on a team going up against yeah. um, two of the best movie experts I could find. All right. I got cream oh. crop guys. And <laughs> you, you're doing a game. Are you smarter than a dial-up co-host or movie club member <laughs> with movie experts? Of course. We, we aren't experts. <laughs> no, no, no. This seems no, no. a little biased. No, because listen, listen. Because the game is about movies that we've covered on the show. So you guys know these these questions. Okay. You've been More confident. Here. So. I still, uh, I don't know, because they're going to. There's they're gonna have like a an equation for each time they watch a movie to get every nit bit of it. Man. Well, I, I was going to say, should we wager something on this? My team versus oh. your team? Wait, I'm... you're on this team too? No, 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 I'm, no, no, no. I'm the host, but okay. I'm counting them as my team. Oh, okay. Them? All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to be 2v2. Uh, you're... Hmm. It's gotta so be what? Two. You want to... How about we do the usual? What's the usual? You don't get it. It's a Trading Places reference, but I might as well tell you, it's a dollar. <laughs> a dollar? <laughs> it's a... Yeah, in the movie Trading Places, and they make a bet, and they're like, they're like doing a wager, and he's like, how much you thinking? How about the usual? And then at the end, they reveal it's just a dollar. Um, how about a thing of brewskis either that or like oh. a pizza i want to well, well, well. the the fans can enjoy though are something you the fans can okay well what could we what what were you having in mind ooh i don't know this is kind of sp- i was going to say what if winner gets a veto basically say dean oh. 
it's Dean's choice for a movie, Ooh. and he says Braveheart. If I win, I get one time where I can go veto, pick a different movie. Oh, you know, you know I would that, love that. I don't mind that because, yeah, I, there's it's like you can have a it's like an allowance, a <laughs> veto collection. There's there's a good chance, too, that if you veto a pick of mine, I, I already have another movie pick, too. So, yeah, All right. and that help me out, you know. Um, I'm praying on your guys' downfall next week, is what I'm saying. All right, two vetoes for the winner. I'm not sure if I want to tell you guys my team yet. I kind of want it to be a surprise when we... uh we already knew your team. It was the experts. Well, yeah, but who they are. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I kind of want you guys to just load in next week and see. I, I kind of have my guesses. It's fine. All right, I'm not going to announce the guests then. Uh, next week, uh, are you smarter than a club member? Are you smarter than a club, a club member? member? Five uh, fun facts. Five fun facts. No. no. <laughs> With a horribly unfair wager. It's not unfair, because if you win, you're going to be like, yeah! Yeah! You're going to be ecstatic. I mean, I'll be excited, sure, but like, if Matt oh. wins, I'm going to be devastated. With how I much win, you I can want only him to win. Veto. If I win, I can only veto each of you once. If I if I lose, oh, so I get not... two vetoes against me. So it's, okay, okay. I, I didn't understand that part of it. That doesn't bug me as much. I thought you were saying two vetoes in general, so you could have just been like... Drew, I don't like that pick. Pick a new one. Uh, I don't like that one either. Pick a new one. No, 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 no. Each of two you vetoes in one go. That's not smart. I okay. Well, I, if, if you get one veto for both of us, I don't mind that as much. That's yeah, fun. yeah. One Drew veto, one Dean veto. Honestly, I was picturing that Matt could do it either way, <laughs> just two vetoes. But that makes sense. All right. All right. Well, we'll never get a Sweeney Todd again. We if virtually I, handshake. Yeah, a virtual handshake. The winner may the best man win. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, with all that being said, Drew, where can the people find you and all the good things you're doing online? Oh, you can find me gaming on YouTube. Uh, someday I will post a new video. Check out Naughty Bear Freak on YouTube. I've kind of been taking a break from the daily arcade TikToks uh, just because I have COVID. It is hard to find motivation to do anything, um, but I will hopefully jump back on that again soon. Um, I'm not going to shout out my Instagram. It's fine. <laughs> Dang. All, right. all right well we uh, we all hope you feel better soon i miss your Thanks. arcade talks yeah me um, too uh dean where can the people find you and all the good things you're doing online well i mean he's not he's not shouting out his instagram i mean when no oh, shout it out i gotta <laughs> shout out my instagram for it you know uh, so you're not gonna shout out anything this week <laughs> abstained uh all right uh, shout out dialups twitter dean calkins all one word all lowercase uh, uh instagram oh all right never mind then <laughs> um all right and you can find me what a shit show this ending has been <laughs> you can find i'm me. having fun i'm having fun 
You can find me on Twitter at Hopper2400 and my personal YouTube channel, Pure Fission. And of course, don't forget to join the club subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that bell notification so you can be notified when new episodes drop every single Monday. Also, we have merch. Go to our merch shop at redbubble.com. Look up Dial Up Movie Club and hit our shop so you can have all of our amazing options. Also, uh, don't usually shout this out, but you guys should definitely give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're, uh, you're on. I found out recently that that is like the number one thing for growing your podcast is getting reviews. So if you are a fan, you've been listening for a while and you could just do that for us, we would appreciate you greatly. Thank you. Uh, it's going to get us one step closer to sponsorships, which we, uh, if you listen to this episode, you know we're hungry for cash. Speaking of uh, reading about um, what, uh, I guess, helps your popularity, uh, Drew, I read that as far as um, TikTok fame goes, if you miss a week, you might as well go back to the bottom. That's what I read. Well, so you got to keep those videos going, man. I uh, I have not to. missed a week. I've never I've oh. never missed a week since I started. Oh, okay. missed a, a couple days at a time. But okay, that's yeah, what I read. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, if you do fall to the bottom because you miss a week, then that just makes me think, oh, they weren't interested in me anyways. Yeah, I, true. Uh, well, because yeah, I've already accumulated followers, so I feel like that is a little unrealistic to some degree. Yeah. You you lose your followers. They get rid of them. <laughs> they all just unfollow. Yeah, that's that's just the that's just the article I read on Yahoo. Just the way it is. <laughs> all right, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dial Up Movie Club. And remember, you pile up enough tomorrows, and you'll find yourself collecting nothing but a lot of empty yesterdays. Like goodbye, that line. everybody. Goodbye. I like that's that line too. Great line. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>